Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning, everyone. Uh, August the 4th, uh, Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5, AM 1240. A whole lot going on. Boy, you football fans, you got to be excited tonight. They kick it off uh, in the Hall of Fame game tonight on uh, NBC. Uh, kickoff uh, Central Time is about uh, 7 o'clock. So, uh, and then the enshrinement activities uh, later on uh, this weekend. But uh, football fans, Jeff, uh, it's here. Well, at least preseason's here. <laughs> you know, again, I, I caution people about getting overly optimistic about the preseason because you get that rude awakening. Yeah, this is not exactly what i'm waiting for i'm waiting for the first sunday after labor day you know well for you football fans it's uh football tonight uh up in canton ohio uh on tom benson field uh the raiders take on the jaguars in the hall of fame game and uh you know both coaches uh are new head coaches doug peterson in jacksonville and along with josh mcdaniels in las vegas and uh not not first time coaches but in their new team that's right new, new teams team. correct i stand corrected in that regard but uh looking ahead uh you know wide out Devonte adams will make his debu- debut with the raiders tonight uh whether he'll play one or two series uh, uh that's remained to be seen but uh football it's in the air tonight but uh this weekend on saturday Eight members will join uh, the Hall of Fame, including uh, offensive tackle Tony Baselli, wide receiver Cliff Branch, safety Leroy Butler, linebacker Sam Mills, 51 of the Saints. Uh, Took way too there. long. Well, I agree with you. Very much too long as, uh, you know, even though uh, many people uh, felt that uh, the Steelers linebackers in the 70s were the best, the Saints were regarded as the best linebacking crew by uh, NFL authorities uh, with their group back in uh, the early 90s, the, the Dome Patrol. And that Patrol. was a four-man crew. You that's know, right. A lot of linebacking core is uh, three at a time. And At that time, know, that's they, right. They, they actually had four solid linebackers. It was <laughs> amazing. Right. One already in the Hall of Fame in Ricky Jackson. Uh, meanwhile, defensive end Richard Seymour, tight uh, defensive tackle Bryant Young, and coach Dick Vermeil along with uh, officiating director Art McNally, will be enshrined into the Hall of Fame uh, sometime Saturday, uh, I guess, afternoon. First uh, one, too. That's right. That's right. He, so. And he, he had a much bigger role. He was an official, but then he became, like, uh, in, the, in the New York office, head of officials, and had maybe a few other roles within the NFL, simply not just a, a field official. But by the time uh, the good ones get recognition, I know we like to tear down the bad ones. Yeah. You're correct about that. So, uh, anyway, uh, so Hall of Fame game tonight, uh, approximately 7 o'clock. Kickoff probably a little after 7. Uh, I don't think uh, they'll you turn on the set at 7. And no, no, they got to have so, a little of their primetime pregame. Yeah, and uh, I don't know who uh, NBC's announcers would be this year. You know, Drew Brees was an NBC guy. And I, believe, I believe Tarico is stepping okay. into the play-by-play role, and it'll still be uh, the – former Cincinnati Chris Collinsworth. Okay, um, all right. And I'm sure a couple of uh, sideline reporters. That they usually have. So uh, for you guys, gals, uh, football tonight, uh, don't know what kind of game we're going to see, but uh, it, football's in the air. There you go. Is all I can say So uh, in that regard. So meanwhile, uh, back in New Orleans in Metairie, uh, you know, Jameis Winston's expectations are set pretty high for the Saints in this season. Also, Tyrone Matthew, back at practice yesterday. Good to see, and back at practice doing his antics, uh, penning again. <laughs> and then they kicked him off the field. He and uh, the, uh, I think, he and, uh, I don't know if it was an offense, I did another defensive lineman, but he got, his first day he got in fight with Peyton Turner. Yesterday he got in fight with a, a, a cornerback. And then yesterday, yeah, uh, it's amusing on day one. It is day it two. Is. It's it's gone too far. Day three, I'm glad the Saints did something about it. Dennis Allen or the coaching staff did something about it. Uh, you, you stop beating up on your own people. Yeah, he, and that he is. Uh, yesterday it was Malcolm Roach. That's who it was yesterday. Uh, the defensive lineman. And uh, Dennis Allen ended up sending them both to the locker room immediately afterwards saying, we don't have time for that. So he sent the two guys yesterday in, and uh, Pennington uh, 
it was the third consecutive day <laughs> he had an altercation. Uh, the offensive lineman, he was the 19th pick uh, in the overall draft. Uh, he got into it, as I mentioned, with Peyton Turner. And Tuesday, it was J.T. Gray, the special teams, uh, all-pro special teams guy he got into it with. And uh, just two competitive guys going at it. Uh, and Gray basically said, of course, uh, pinning out of uh, Northern Iowa, came to uh, the league with a reputation for his physical play. Uh, Saints director of personnel, that's Jeff Ireland, cited Penny's really nasty and aggressive and violent nature. And we talked about that earlier in some of the Bayou sports shows uh, with Coach. And uh, hopefully the Saints can uh, tie him down to where he hears the whistle blow. He'll stop his antics. So we'll see. And, you know, I'm just watching a video of it courtesy of uh, the Fox affiliate New Orleans. And not only is he so much in the wrong, I mean, he was holding uh, the offense, the, the defensive player, and he would have been flagged about 50 times uh, during that play. Uh, so uh, glad, glad to see the uh, Saints are allowing media to film these things, but uh, not liking what I see. Yeah, that's, it's going to be a tough one. So uh, also for the second straight day, the New Orleans Saints took practice indoors uh, for their longest session of the training camp there was a lot to take away from that of course can't cover mike uh he's uh, he shined a little bit and uh yesterday but in the meantime uh following players um didn't hit the field tight ends tyson tyson hill along with lucas crow uh defensive ends marcus davenport wonder if he's still on the pulp list not sure Peyton Turner, the other one if you got his fight with Penny might have been severe. Anyway, defensive halfback Smoke Mundy and Dylan uh, Maven and wide receiver Rashid uh, Shahid. Uh, uh, all of them missed practice yesterday. Don't know how many of these guys are going to make the team, but Turner and Davenport are probably in that number. Uh, I do believe uh, Saints uh, had a wide receiver to go down that uh, he was even going to miss some games, I think, due to uh, uh, substance abuse. Uh, uh, time uh, oh, the six game yeah the six game suspension meanwhile safety uh tyron matthew was back on the field after missing the first six practices of camp uh to attend to a personal matter he didn't participate in any full team uh period drills but coach dennis allen said he uh be ramped up uh slowly tight end chris herndon also participated that's uh, someone they picked up uh and i believe it was a trade uh what did jeff uh, recently they picked up herndon or was he a uh, unrestricted free agent. I can't recall. I could not tell you for sure. Yeah, the tight end, uh, who was a pretty good player in his rookie year, but uh, has had injury issues and other stumbling blocks. Uh, anyway, he uh, he signed with the team um, Tuesday. He caught one pass during the seven-on-seven drills, and uh, yeah, we'll see how he'll come out. The uh, Saints need to have a tight end that catch the ball this year. That's most important. Anyway, and uh, also for the first time in training camp, the Saints receiver Michael Thomas out for our competitive drill. That was not a surprise to see quarterback uh, Jameis Winston uh, go to Thomas right away on a seven-on-seven drill, firing a short completion uh, to the receiver. Saints uh, kept going in Thomas' direction as quarterbacks targeted Thomas on each of his first three snaps. He handed all the passes on short gains, including a contested catch with Bradley Roby in coverage. So uh, can't, uh, can't cover Mike uh, is back on the field. Hopefully uh, – He'll get his work in, and uh, we'll see uh, uh, 13 catching balls this year in the fall for the Saints. So uh, he's missed the last, what, 16, 18 games or or maybe a little bit the whole season last year, I should say. I heard he looked good, though. On yeah, the, yeah. I've, I'm hearing that, too, that he looks good and he's participating and all. So, uh, and he's hopefully focused. That's going to be the big point that uh, – you know he can catch. He's not going to run away from you, but man, he can do. He can, he's got Velcro hands, that's for sure. Uh, I'm not sure about any other news with the Saints. So uh, anyway, uh, we'll see how uh, things go for them. Of course, they're not. Uh, their first game, I think, is at the going to be a Friday night. You're talking gonna about be, the that, exhibition game. Yeah, first, that's yeah. a Saturday, a week from Saturday. So that's going to be, be at Green Bay, then on the road. Uh, and uh, the the next Friday, so the thirteenth, and then again the nineteenth, uh, the Friday, and then they wrap it up the twenty sixth. The, their only home preseason game against the Chargers. Yeah, and uh, then they'll kick it off. Uh, I think Buffalo is the team they face in week two of uh, the preseason. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right about that. So uh, anyway, Alvin Kamara, you know, um, he's fairly been quiet in camp as uh, the Saints are. 
clearly limiting his usage, but every now and then he pops it to remind everyone what he can do. And as he did uh, through camp yesterday, the heart of the defense for a long run during the full team period. Uh, you know, uh, also defensive halfback uh, Alante Taylor, a one-on-one matchup, always uh, favor the receiver. Taylor was beat twice Wednesday. Of course, he's a young man from Tennessee that the Saints uh, drafted. Chris Alave uh, and Taylor has the look of a player who grows more confident by the day. So uh, defensive end Carl Grandison getting first-team reps with Davenport and Turner out. Grandison uh, recorded a sack. Of course, that's a, basically a touch-off in these practices. Uh, anyway, another player uh, hopefully that we'll see the Saints uh, do. Of course, up next uh, today at 9 a.m. they go at it. Uh, it's open to the public today. If you want to drive down to New Orleans, you've got to really shack it down there. Of course, it's about an hour, hour and 45 minutes to the airport, just a little past there. So uh, uh, right at about two hours, though. Of course, the airline highway has got to move a little bit better now that the airport entrance is off of uh, I-10 and Williams yeah. as opposed to Airline Drive. Uh, so may not be uh, too bad of a commute. Uh, but again, keep in mind, if it is raining, they'll take it inside and the public's not allowed inside. Yeah, so that's just, right. Uh, that again, is A correct. little bit of a heads up there. And I was completely wrong. Uh, it's at Houston on the 13th, at Green Bay okay. on the 19th. Buffalo is not in that mix. But it is the char- I think it is the Chargers. It is though. the Chargers at home on the 26th. Okay. Uh, so, yep. again, uh, mea culpa time. Yeah. Let's go to the phones. I believe we've got a caller on Bayou Sports. Hi, you're in the air. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey. Uh, before um, people just hopped in the car and drove to New Orleans, just wanted to, to remind them, though, if, if you don't have tickets for the – Correct. Uh, for the free practice. Oh, yeah, okay. Forgot uh, about that. Okay. You're right. And and actually, because um, I had gone online to look at uh, some dates, maybe thinking about taking in one of the practices, but um, they were pretty much all uh, sold out. Uh, they had a handful here and there of tickets, but uh, they were pretty much gone already. So, um, you know, it's you probably could still get it more than likely. If you if you went there, they, they'd probably... If space allowed, yeah, that's right. You gotta... Yeah, I, but what uh, what the, the other risky thing is that this happened to, to me and my son a long, long time ago, and you didn't have to have tickets. But we we drove all the way there, and uh, we're sitting in the stands, kind of waiting along with you know. It wasn't nearly as team wasn't as good back then, so it wasn't nearly as crowded. But uh, that all of a sudden they come out and announce, well, uh, you know, it looks like it might rain. What it, it wasn't raining; it was just cloudy. So we're moving it indoors. So there's always that, that chance. And, and they actually, I think, the last two days practiced indoors. Um, so you have to be prepared for that just in case the weather uh, does, uh, the showers do pop up again. So, But, I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun, though. And, and uh, the players are, are, are great with, uh, I think they've kind of accommodated the fans a little better now. And they have, they have shade. Uh, they have some covered bleachers. They do. Benefits. Yes, they do. Why? It was wide open. It was hot, man. But they 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 have vendors out there selling uh, beer, water, you know, all that stuff. And uh, and then the, the 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 players are really good about coming over after it and signing uh, stuff for the kids and all. So it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. But um, but yeah, it, it's gotten so popular now. It's 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 you know, Rouse is kind of I think co sponsors that uh, the training camp and. Um, and they, they uh, you have to go through Ticketmaster to get your tickets and everything. It's, so it's you got to pay. You got to pay for those tickets. No, 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 no. You don't okay. pay. No, no, right. it, it, it's free, but you have to you have to order them okay. through there. Yeah, right. I just hope um, there's no service charge. <laughs> you know, knowing Ticketmaster to be the pirates that they are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, this is yeah, true. Well, you know, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I heard y'all talking about you know pinning and and the man, you know. It's a fine line between uh, what you want to see and because you don't want a rookie to come in and be intimidated, you know. And, and so, True. on the one hand, you kind of like the fact that he's he's displaying some aggressiveness, but not not this much. And and um, he, he's really just hurting himself at this point because he has a a real legitimate shot at earning that starting job. I mean, uh, James Hurst is, is is a serviceable journeyman, but he's nothing. Special and um, and there's really nobody else to go to left tackle. I mean, uh, there's a a couple guys who could fill in maybe a you know a, a half or something, but not not reliable. And uh, but 
I guarantee you the, the coaches will not take a chance on putting him in the starting lineup in the regular season if he continues these antics, you know, so. Yeah, and that's gonna that's a problem too. Uh, you're right about that box. That's gonna be a problem too with him uh, in his annex. I mean, in a big third or fourth down play, and uh, he, you know, and the opposition realizes he's got a short fuse. Who's to know they'll take a cheap shot at him that, uh, and then he goes nuts. And you know, they always catch the second guy. They never catch the first guy on the infraction. It's always the bat, the guy that gets caught uh, in the second hand. So. Uh, and if the league knows uh, that he's propensity to uh, get angry and lose it, uh, there are going to be teams testing him. I'm telling you, that's going to happen. Uh, and it's going to happen a lot more than we think. You know, if, if he if he could just grasp that concept, it actually could work to his advantage because he could draw a lot of, of fouls on the on the defense. You know, True. because, yeah, time you have a reputation for being that kind of a player, they will egg you on. I mean, these vets, or not crazy, no. and um, uh, look, I mean, we see it on the on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson draws more flags against receivers because <laughs> he's just able to get under their skin, you That's know. Right. And then the next thing you know, they're they're pushing and shoving, and and uh, um, so he's going to have to be real careful. And, and uh, I, I hope um, I hope some of that. He's got some good mentors in, in Zach Streep, you know, as the offensive line coach. Uh, Doug Marone, obviously, is, is well-respected. But I think, you know, the, a player, you know, pulling him aside is going to be a lot more effective than, than just even a coach. Um, uh, so I think Zach Streep and, and Jari Evans now in his uh, uh, kind of internship role, I think, and hopefully, you know, because those guys both were, were good players. Jari Evans was a great player. Um, but I don't remember them, you know, having any problems with personal fouls um, yes. so yeah so we'll uh, you know we'll see but i mean I'm, i am glad dennis allen kind of finally just said look that's enough you know and, and uh you know kicked them out because so, it you know in the case i, I didn't i did, actually didn't see the video i saw the first two fights he had uh first two days but um indications are kind of kind of spilled over into some other teammates as well and, and uh when you start having that man that's that's not good because you know, it, that's how freak injuries happen. You know, kind of like the the old dog pile in baseball. You know, <laughs> that you, yeah. you know, you have with um, with with weird injuries happen, and we don't we don't need that for sure. So, but um, but yeah, it looks like um, you know, there's a few the offense is starting to have a few moments now, so that's good to see because the defense is as damn. Bradley Roby's another guy who's who's I've been hearing having an outstanding camp, and um, and, and certainly a cornerback we. Barring any injuries, I think it's going to be a, a you know really good, uh, really good secondary. So, um, but anyway, the, the other thing I just wanted to kind of talk about, and then maybe you know y'all can get more from Teddy when he comes in or whatever. Is man, this lawsuit that the Live Golfers now have oh, bought all oh, yeah. oh yeah, oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's going to be, that's going to be a critical ruling on how things play out um, from here going forward. You know, if, if they happen to. Well, first of all, it, it makes it shows what hypocrites these guys are, and that you know their their whole thing, or they were saying they wanted to play less golf, have more family time, uh, guaranteed money, this, that, and the other. Now they want to all of a sudden come in and play in the FedEx Cup playoffs because you know you have a pretty big you know pot oh, of gold yeah. at the end of that row. And uh, actually, only three of those guys on that list that would qualify for the FedEx of the eleven. But if they do win that, uh, then that's going to really open. That's going to really put the, the, the PGA that then uh, in, in an awkward position going forward. Um, and you know, man, you know how judges are. The federal, I mean, it. it, it yeah, you don't know what know they're going to come out. What there's no there's no precedent no. being set on this. You know, because I mean, it, you know, you, you see that with this judge with Deshaun Watson. I mean, it's for for her to just. You know, dole out six games was like you know, you know incredible, but uh, it um, yeah, it's going to be a very uh, it's very interesting going forward and, and how that how that plays out and, and it will I think definitely have an impact on what the you know what the PGA Tour needs to do to you know going forward. I mean, because um, it will um, it will it will definitely um, 
set some precedent there. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I'll throw this into the mix, though. You know, they don't let 500 golfers tee off on Thursday, right? You, you don't have a right to play in those tournaments. They are allowed to limit uh, who they want to participate. I, I guarantee they have no legal justification uh, to, to make this suggestion that they want uh, their cake and eat it, too. Uh, I don't see a judge going for that. Well, no, I mean, they, they have to have their uh, – all these guys just have PGA for status, you know, only, but only three are at the top. Um, but you have some of these guys that have, life, not their lifetime, but um, uh, by winning certain tournaments, they have exemptions for a certain number of years. So even if they're outside the top, um, I think the top 125 keeps their card for next year, and then the, the, the 125 through, I think, 150 goes to the Q school uh, – not Q school, but well, it's the finals of Q school. They go straight to that, competing for. But anyway, but most most events tee it up with 144 golfers. But no, it's not like you can just show up and 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 want to play. You have to have uh, some status, or you have to be a sponsor's invite. You know, they can invite whoever they uh, they have like two two invites per tournament that they could uh, give to a guy who doesn't have that. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, well, I, I would like to think that they won't go for it. but <laughs> Well, it's Phil Mickelson and Bryson uh, DeChambeau and nine others on the LIV Tour that uh, have filed that antitrust lawsuit against the PGA yeah. Tour. So uh, we'll see uh, what's yeah, going to take place. DeChambeau's kind of become their de facto spokesman now. Um, Mickelson, uh, you know, was the big the big guy at first, and but he's he's been eerily quiet i mean he and he's performed horrendously on the on the golf course he's been terrible um but t chambeau i know um I, i'm just i don't you know i hate when to start mixing politics and and sports i really do but it, it appears that uh fox has given some um some run to this tour uh i didn't watch it but i've, I've read the reports and, and kind of saw some of the interviews and uh, tucker carlson had Greg Norman on one mm-hmm. night, and then he had uh, DeChambeau the next night, and um, so so they they gave him a platform to you know espouse their stuff, and and DeChambeau's just I, I, man, I, you know, disappointed in him also because he um, yeah he he's young number one, and, and and he did have a I mean he was a polarizing figure, but you know he was very he was popular on tour. I mean he, he you know people went would go to events to watch him, and, and now it appears that they're kind of cherry-picking. They're not going to put Dustin Johnson out there. The guy can't put – I hate the stereotype, but he can't put a, two sentences together. You know, he's so boring. Uh, so he's not going to be a spokesman for the tour, but DeChambeau's real reflective, got a lot of bra- you know brain cells up there. And, and uh, so I think, you know, uh, yeah, he's definitely one of the ones you got to kind of watch out for as far as one of the uh, – the, um, the, the uh, prominent, you know, figures that could um, could lead their their march. But I, again, it's so it's so counter. You know, just again shows like Patrick Reed. His he was just crying that you know he wanted to play less golf. You know, he, this that and the other. Well, now he's going to play in four Asian tour events um, in a row, and um, you know, it just doesn't. It just shows that they. It, and we kind of knew that they they just took the, the guaranteed money and 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 that was you know that was what it was all about. It really oh, yeah. wasn't about playing less golf and everything else, you know. So, You're right. uh, but anyway, you know, wanted to. I mean, uh, it's going to be an interesting ruling for for golf for sure um, and going forward. But anyway, I appreciate the, um, yeah. the time and and I always look forward to the Saints updates for sure. Um, uh, you know, I, I just I cringe this time of the year with. Preseason, well, you know, whatever you want to call it, but I hate those uh, those games uh, because they always they always seem to lead to a couple of you know free free things happening. Yeah. But I think they'll manage to. Uh, you see that happening right now. You know, man, a lot of the veterans are hard to get any reps in in, in camp. Like Ryan Ramchak barely getting yeah. any reps, and and Dennis Allen's been real smart with his. Um, with his veterans, so that's that's a, I think a good thing. But yeah, but I think you will see Amos probably more than you normally would because of his limited time last year and the fact that he you know has to develop that rapport with the receivers. So he 
he probably will play a lot more than Drew Brees did, you know, in the in the preseason. So anyway, uh, right. y'all have a good day. Appreciate the call. Appreciate it, man. Uh huh. Thanks okay, a lot. Take care. Anyway, uh, one quick thing, Jeff, before we uh, head to our break. Uh, did you see where Alvarez from the Astros got a fourth strike last night? Yes, I did uh, <laughs> note that. Uh, nobody, Four strikes and you're out? Yeah, he, just, he stayed in the box. Nobody uh, thought about the fact that that was strike three, um, but they did eventually get him. <laughs> Is that cheater's proof? Uh, thank I don't thank know. God he didn't hit a home run. <laughs> Astros a home run. Do you go ahead yeah. and walk it off to come back to them and say, hey, he just had three that that's his fourth uh anyway i'm i'm curious to see what the uh all the sports uh, people say this morning about that i'm sure it's going to be uh and it's it was touched a little bit this morning but uh four strikes and you out astro slugger jordan alvarez got four strikes before he uh got they got him out astros didn't need the help either they cruised yesterday yeah, they um, did. six to nothing i think the final there Anyway, amazing. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and take our first break this morning. You listen to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, Thursday, August the 4th. We'll be back with more right after this. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So be before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there this Thursday for Southern Jack Productions. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for sports. No bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. The best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer now just $2. Imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. And don't forget, Quarter Tavern now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris where opportunities are created, not waited on. That's the Danos difference. I've been here for 23 years. The opportunity for advancement within Danos was pretty evident early on in my career. They give you a lot of tools and training in order to learn the oil field industry. It has been an excellent ride for me. Join the team that does it different at danos.com. That's D-A-N-O-S.com. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Thursday uh, morning, August the 4th. A couple of little sidebars here. McGregor, Conor McGregor, the UFC star, he's got to make a film. He's going to do the Roadhouse. Oh, uh, Lord. Oh, yeah. He's going to be the next. Uh, the uh, bad guy in uh, the movie. I don't know. But uh, in the movie, though, uh, Jake uh, Callendall is going to be uh, the inner Patrick Swayze. Yeah. So. Uh, I did see the Gyllenhaal story, <laughs> but I didn't realize. Uh, Conor McGregor. McGregor. He's going to be in it. Anyway, uh, Juan Soto makes his way to San Diego. Uh his first time up for the Padres, he walks. Of course, that's his 92nd walk of the year. 30 more than anybody else in the league. So you, you talk about contributions <laughs> uh, from not only – I saw the first few innings. Uh, Soto walks, as you mentioned, eventually uh, one base hit, and then uh, hit batter loads him up for Drury. Uh, no, no, no. Um, uh, it was a, a hit batter that forced Soto in. Right. And then Drury hits the grand slam, That's uh, right. five to nothing in the first inning. So, and Bell uh, either had a hit or walk. He walked uh, yeah, in that I think first he did. inning. Yeah. And so those three guys, I'm pretty sure Bell uh, had a base hit or two in the game, uh, but all three contributing uh, in their first game there. Anyway, also in you know Tom Brady celebrated birthday uh, 45 yesterday and. Uh, 
He'll soon become the oldest starting quarterback in NFL history. I don't know why I thought George Blanda might have played, uh, started a game or two. Of course, maybe not the season. Maybe uh, at the time uh, Daryl LaMonica got hurt or whoever it was. A spot starts somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, of course, uh, the big picture. Uh, but, but apparently they knew better. That's right. <laughs> anyway, Nolan Ryan at 45. He did kick beyond 45. Oh, yeah. He won some games. I'm not so sure he was the MVP in the league uh, in 1969 or 70, somewhere in there, <laughs> by uh, winning games late in the game, throwing touchdown pass to, as the starter gets hurt and kicking a field goal and, to win the game. And that would be the and, AFL to make a kicker the MVP. That's right. That's right. So, uh, anyway, uh, talking about 45s, uh, of course, with Brady turning 45 uh, yesterday. And uh, also in that 45 group, Nolan Ryan, you know, uh, at 45 became Major League Baseball's all-time leader in strikeouts. Uh, Of course, seven no-hitters also. uh, Gordie Howe, you know, he played at 46, uh, six-time National Hockey League MVP and put together a 100-point season. Uh, Jack Nicklaus won the Masters at 46. Uh, Jamie Moyer, boy, that old left-hander, he seemed like he he was in the league forever at 45. He won 16 of his 33 starts that year uh, for the World Series winning Phillies. You know, four years later, he became the oldest uh, pitcher to win a game in Major League Baseball. Uh, also, the Red Wings defender, uh, you got to help me with his last name, Chris uh, Chelios. Chelios, he had 45, uh, averaged 20 minutes in 18 playoff games, scoring seven points. Uh, From Nick- Chicago, played for uh, the Blackhawks and the Red Wings. Uh, and, uh, yeah, great defenseman, and he's got a good restaurant near the arena, too. Oh, okay. So next Mart- time you're in Chicago. Martina Navatilova, she won the mixed doubles at Wimbledon at 46 uh, in the U.S. Open at 49, later making a tennis oldest major uh, ever uh, person to compete. So, uh, you know, you 45-year-olds, uh, there's still opportunity out there for you. So, uh, anyway, uh, also with... Um, with uh, the ever-continuing uh, story on the death of uh, Vince Scully, uh, just uh, boy, this the plaudits have been coming out for him, and uh, so well liked and well received uh, in that regard. So, uh, Vince Scully, uh, uh, what more can you say about him? I'm sure, uh, and I looked did a little homework on him too. Uh, Fordham University, where he uh, attended and graduated from, is a Jesuit-based college up in New York. It's Opened sometime in the 1840s, so it's one of the older. I want to say that's where uh, Vince Lombardi. If Lombardi didn't prep there, he coached there. Uh, I want to say he was one of the seven rocks of granite back in the late 30s. So at Fordham University, uh, a Jesuit school, and that's probably where Lombardi was taught the word discipline (laughs) as he taught his players with the Packers and uh, before that the Giants. Uh, in the meantime, oh, Jeff. The, the Dodgers uh, honored uh, Vin with a uh, patch that says Vin yes. and a microphone, a uh, black circle uh, with the word Vin and a microphone in there. So, uh, And, and the, obviously the uh, uh, applaud, the, the, not the applauds, the lauding of Vin Scully, uh, those were coming in throughout the day yesterday. Yeah, uh, just a tremendous, not only a person, but 67 years behind the microphone. As he began, uh, of course, he did Fordham games, and then Red Barber brought him along. And the, as Red Barber left the Dodgers in '53 and became the Yankees announcer uh, in '54, uh, Vince Scully, uh, as a 25-year-old, took on the mic, and uh, and he never left it after that, and and moved on to other areas. Uh, did the Masters, uh, the PGA events, uh, also uh, some football. Uh, just what more can you say? Just a pleasure behind the mic. And, you know, it, it, I thought it was interesting uh, that they're in San Francisco. Yeah, amazing. You know? huh? Amazing. Uh, taking on their arch rival from back in the, the days of the boys of summer, back in the 40s, late 40s, early 50s. Meanwhile, Jeff, you know, uh, Kane Radio has put together uh, its high school football uh, schedule, broadcast schedule, and uh, we could go over that for just a few minutes uh, in that regard. Of course, we open up uh, – uh, is a jamboree. Uh... Jamboree apparently is in Delcom. Okay, and they're the host for sure, and I'm I'm pretty sure it's in Delcom. Okay, and, and I, I've got to confirm that because I, I'm going to be there uh, at some point. I will need direct not not directions, but 
Um, we'll do that. Uh, I think uh, they're down to six teams again. Yeah, I think Catholic High is playing their uh, their Jamboree game in Opelousas. I'm not sure who they're playing in that particular tournament. Coach Scott Watney had mentioned that a few weeks back when he came on the show for one day talking about the uh, split, not select and non-select here in high school football. Uh, but we open up uh, with the regular season as Nish will entertain the state champion, uh, Westgate Tigers. Should be an interesting game, too. You know, Nish only has two non-district games. That's wow, nineteen district. in their district. So uh, they were fortunate that they could work Westgate in there, but it had to be pretty much week number one. Unfortunately, uh, down the line, they've got... Uh, and then they start district play the next week against Sam Houston. And then... Uh, they play, uh, I want to say, a 3A school somewhere a little bit later uh, in the season when, you know, because it's a nine-team district uh, each of those nine weeks, one team will play out of district. And uh, it was it was an unusual pairing, I thought. Okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, our, our cane pocket guides will be out soon. Uh, yes. They're going but, to the printer, I believe, on Monday. But our uh, Yellow Jackets uh, will host the Westgate Tigers in our opening game here on Kane Radio. Following week, it's uh, De Quincey's going to travel to uh, Lorville. De Quincey usually has some pretty good ball clubs, so the Tigers uh, will see what they can do without some of their stars they had the last couple of years in the Jacob Twins and a few other young men that uh, carried Lorville to a pretty successful season last year. Uh, then uh, the next week, uh, Catholic High is going to journey to take on Erath over in Erath, and that game is going to be a Thursday night game uh, as the Panthers. Uh, Always good rivalry. Uh, yeah, it, it has been uh, in that regard, so uh, it should be a good shootout there over in Erath. And uh, meanwhile, the, the the that was a Thursday night game, uh, the fifteenth of September. Then we come back uh, the next night as St. John. Uh, out of, uh, I'm pretty sure that's out of Plaquemine. It is. And it is. I'll take on the Highland Baptist uh, team uh, in a big game for Coach Rick Hudson. And uh, we have Highland Baptist on that uh, Friday night. It's always good to see. The following weekend, I uh, don't think that's the festival weekend. I think the following weekend is a festival weekend. But Southside comes to uh, New Iberia. Now, and that is festival weekend. Uh, the it's 23rd. Always the last Sunday in September ends okay. the festival. They never end into October. So that is Festival Weekend. You know, again, sometimes these dates do change. Normally, Nish uh, would like to play on a Thursday night Festival Weekend. Yes, since school's generally out that Friday. Exactly. Anyway, but uh, that'll be our uh, fifth game on the book at... Anyway, then the following weekend, uh, Eunice, the Bobcats, go travel to Catholic High to take on the Panthers. Uh, that's September 30th, and it uh, should be an interesting. Eunice has been down a little bit in the last few years, uh, so we'll see how the Panthers operate against a 4A team. Uh, the following weekend, Ascension Episcopal, that's been a rivalry for the Panthers and uh, Episcopal for the last uh, few years. Of course, the Panthers... Uh, had beaten them three or four years in a row, and then Episcopal returns the favor the last two years, uh, downing the Panthers. So uh, we'll see how that fires up everybody. Uh, the following week, the Panthers are going to travel to Delcom to take on the Delcom Panthers in another big district game as uh, Catholic High Delcom has, uh, was the first time in many years beat the Panthers last year, I think 21-14 to 14 or 21-14 to 14 in uh, an overtime game. And following weekend, that same Ascension Episcopal team will travel to Lorville, take on the Tigers. It should be an interesting contest. That's going to be October 20th, uh, and that's a Thursday night game. Of course, all these teams uh, were able to push in a few extra games because uh, due to the lack of officials, a lot of these schools have to play on Thursday night, and that's our that week's Thursday night game, or the, I should say the Thursday night game for the Lowerville Tigers will be against Ascension Episcopal. The following night, we'll have Highland Baptist back on as Generette, the Tigers, move down in classifications to single A, and they'll travel to uh, Highland Baptist. It should be an interesting contest again uh, uh, on that Friday night, October the 21st. Uh, the following week, we'll have the Catholic High Panthers again taking on the Lowerville Tigers in a big district game uh, uh, it's kind of now we're going to see who's going to move forward in that district. So with the games against uh, Ascension Episcopal, uh, Catholic High and Lowerville, and uh, then Catholic High taking on Lowerville uh, as they travel to Lowerville to take on the Tigers, big ball game. Following weekend, Westgate will be on to take on Northside. Uh, the Vikings of uh, Northside, of course, Westgate uh, – 
being the returning state champion in 4A and still having a lot of pretty good players left on that team, too, Jeff. Oh, absolutely. If my memory serves me yeah, correctly. And then the following weekend, which we hoped would have been a really big game for Catholic High, but uh, still is going to be a big game as the Panthers take on West St. Mary. Of course, we thought maybe we'd uh, have a returning of uh, Coach Bryn Endes at uh, West St. Mary, but he's moved on from that uh, opportunity to uh, Lakeshore over on the north side of Lake Pontchartrain. Uh, but the Panthers will take on West St. Mary. Uh, uh, that will be uh, November the 4th uh, in a big, another big district matchup. Well, pretty much. Uh, and, of course, this is not uh, etched in stone due to maybe games turning in uh, as more important outcomes due to the records and opportunity we may have. Uh, we might have some games uh, slide in and slide out through the course of this schedule. But that's our radio broadcast so far this year for Kane uh, Radio, Jeff. Yeah, and, again, as you mentioned, subject to change. Uh, not only that, but, you know, uh, other reasons uh, games may change. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, we, we still technically need permission, especially when we hit the road, like yes. uh, that Erath game. So That's sometimes, right. uh, and, and I'm not, I, I just used Erath as an example. I right. don't think we've ever had any problems no, over there. In my mind, no, you're right about, right about that. But we'll see how things schedule out. But uh, usually we've had every once in a while they'll have a principal just uh, kind of uh, – and that's okay, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll line that up, and hopefully uh, everything, uh, what I mentioned to you, comes out. And our pocket guide will uh, be adorned with that, so uh, we'll see how that all turn out. And again, happy we could get all seven parish schools in, um, some obviously more than others, but you know the way uh, schedules, home and away, uh, the matchups uh, worked out, I was pleased that we were able to get all seven schools on uh, if at least once each. And so uh, that, and uh, of course, uh, next week we're going to debut. We've got confirm. I'm not going to mention names right now. We've got confirmation from three, if not four, coaches to do a regular weekly segment here during Bayou Sports, and then on Saturday mornings, uh, uh, right after the jamboree, I'll kick off the sports corner on Saturday mornings, and again, uh, hopefully, we'll have those uh, five to six coaches on each Saturday morning recapping their games uh look ahead to their next game uh, but again next week on bayou sports we're going to start uh highlighting uh, certain not highlighting coaches but the coaches we can get a, to agree sometimes uh, this time frame doesn't work out and we'll respect that but uh, i do have confirmation from three if not four uh, coaches to be a part of a rotation beginning next week. And one school starts, yeah, you pretty much have access to them in the mornings. Afternoons will be tough. Well, to, teachers uh, do report them. beginning tomorrow. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do see some cars at yeah. uh, different schools and all. So, uh, anyway, football season is here. Got a game tonight. So, with that, uh, anyway, let's go ahead and take our second break here this morning. You listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board-certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy-guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880, or go to AnswerToPain.com. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. 
Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kangaroo, and Sugar Oak. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 1075. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on this big Thursday, August the 4th. And uh, Jeff uh, just saw something that came across the air quickly in that uh, the NFL, you know, it was always thought that uh, the commissioner had the final say-so with regards to penalties, fines, etc., course there was no fine assessed if my memory None. serves me correct zero six games uh suspended uh he can still participate in the exhibition season but uh once the season starts he's got to back off six games but in the meantime we always thought that uh our commissioner had the final say so with what took place in the NFL. Or, or his designee uh, yeah that's correct he did have a uh, uh, i guess an appointed one to uh, look at everything but now the nfl has filed an appeal i believe on the uh, rulings of uh, the judge uh, Robertson, and uh, uh, here we go, round and round. Yeah, they are contending that six games isn't enough. They also were thinking about a half million dollar fine. Okay, and obviously that has not been implemented. And Teddy is going to go go ahead and play through. Teddy, you, you can play through. <laughs> He's got his golf clubs with him. No, that's that's a that's a baby stroller. Oh, okay. I thought it was. So uh, I want to know who's pushing him out on the course. There you go. (laughs) Anyway, with Watson, uh, it's just amazing that uh, you know you think there'd be some precedents set in this regard, but uh, it's you know, and that's the NFL's claim. Yeah, the NFL's claim is there is no precedent here, and that's why you can't use six games. Just because we use six games on a, another situation, but but there's a couple of interesting things here. Um, the league uh, has to still go by the findings of Judge Robinson. Okay, they can only use her report to base what they believe then the suspension should be. All right, they can't get more outside facts of what uh, was presented in front of. Uh, Sue Robinson, so uh, it's it's them to decide, and and Deshaun Watson's camp, uh, if not the Players Association, his legal team has said, well, if the NFL appeals, we're going to sue the NFL. Right. And so here know, we go. Yeah. Exactly. Here we go. Anyway, we'll see. Um, I'm not so sure uh, with the judge's report, but we always were told that uh, the NFL, through the commissioner's office and his designee or whoever may be presiding over that uh, for the commissioner, that they'd have the final say-so and uh, and appeal whatever decision if they didn't like the judge's uh, particular. The only one they could not have appealed if she said no fine, no suspension, right? no penalty. Correct. They, the NFL would not have been in a position to do anything after that, but uh, it was going to be a no-brainer. Something was going to come about here. So, Of course, uh, 23 of the 24, of, I guess, allegations uh, have been uh, settled outside the courtroom, I do believe. And uh, uh, just, uh, you know, uh, of course, uh, a Saint fans are uh, wondering what's going to happen to Alvin Kamara. You know, if he only got uh, six uh, games suspended sentence. And, you know, there are fights all over the place in the NFL with players outside of uh, uh, the field uh, take, taking on, uh, I guess, uh, people who, uh, whatever, clamor, he makes some extra money in a lawsuit. But uh, Kamara, they had people on Twitter <laughs> screaming, well, he's only going to lose a game or two. I'm not so sure about that. So, uh Anyway, we'll we'll see what takes place with Watson. The NFL files a, a suit against the uh, against him. Players so. Players Association did not uh, offer comment, at least uh, for this New York Times piece I'm looking at, and they have until Friday to I don't know uh, appeal the appeal. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it was always thought the NFL had what three days to file an appeal. Of right. course, they did, which would have been the close of business either yesterday or maybe today. But, uh, again, the union declined to comment, has until the close of business on Friday to respond 
to the NFL's appealing of this. Oh, yeah. It, it ceases to surprise me, though, in that regard. Of course, the Browns personnel, they're wondering. Uh, uh, they thought maybe it had been put to bed in that regard, but it uh, doesn't look like it's going to happen. And the NFL, uh, it's continued to uh, just things as, as days goes on, things start to change all the time. So, uh, oh. There is no timeline for this appeals process. And again, whether or not a lawsuit uh, throws an injunction into uh, any appeals process, but the NFL has said they'll expedite it. Yeah. So they're not going to drag their feet. And that's good for the Browns, and it's good for the league. Yeah, you kind of want to uh, brush, uh, brush all that dirty uh, stuff under the rug and get on with the league. So, uh, of course, the league just thinks that it should be a tougher penalty against him uh, for his personal conduct in the wake of that disciplinary officer uh, judge sue l robinson's uh, ruling uh in a statement the league said it notified the nfl players association that it would uh, appeal and then file its brief wednesday afternoon the league said nfl commissioner roger goodell would determine who will hear the appeal under the collective bargaining agreement goodell uh, has the opinion to consider uh the appeal himself or he can appoint as you mentioned a designee to do so a source told uh, one of the networks that the NFL is appealing for an indefinite suspension that would be a minimum of one year, as it had previously sought. A monetary fine also, which Watson was not levied by Robinson, the judge, uh, the treatment that the star quarterback must undergo. The union also has a right to appeal Robinson's ruling, although it will issue a statement uh, Sunday night saying it would stand by her decision and not appeal. And and. They have that same three-day deadline That's right. to, to appeal. So, again, if you don't hear anything from them today, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, well, like it says, the NFL Players Association has until Friday to file that uh, appeal. That's tomorrow. In response to the NFL's appeal, sources told uh, one of the networks that uh, on Wednesday that the NFL Players Association was preparing to sue the NFL in federal court if appealed Robinson's decision. So, uh uh, as it goes on, so any appeal must be limited to arguments uh, from the evidence uh, recorded from the three-day hearing before Robinson in late June and without uh, reference to evidence of testimony not previously considered, as you mentioned earlier. It will be processed on an ex- expedited uh, basis. Uh, we'll see about that. Uh, nothing in court seems like uh, it's well, expedited. No, 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 n- not the court. The courts aren't expedited, they, they, but the NFL and their appeal process uh, will be quote-unquote, expedited uh, the NFL's investigation and decision on what comes down the pike. And I wonder, there's one other thing, and I haven't seen this in black and white, but I have a feel, as much as it's the six games, we talked about the fact that the way Deshaun Watson's contract is structured, the fine is that he's only going to lose about a third of a million dollars. I've seen two figures, 333000 and Three hundred and forty-five thousand. So it's it's somewhere in there, because of the structure of his contract. It's heavily weighted on the back end, not the front end. And I think they did this by design. So if he did get hit hard in the first year, it wouldn't hurt as much. Yeah. Well, at guaranteed at two hundred thirty million, I don't yeah. see how it's going to hurt much at all. I but, guess. But I think the NFL wants it to hurt a little bit more. And of course, it's been undisclosed how what kind of settlement monetarily he had with the uh, yeah, the I mean, others outside of uh, the football world. I mean, they so. offered initially 100000 okay. to, to each one, I believe. So that's uh, two and a quarter. That would have been two hundred, but they, yeah. they, they didn't want that. Yeah. So they had to up the ante a little bit. So you know it's more than uh, $2.3 million. Yeah, my, my thought process, did the Browns write the check, or does uh, Watson have the money uh, that he wrote the check? So, uh, well, I, I certainly hope it's coming out of his yeah. bank. Well, it's, uh, he's getting paid by the Browns. So, interesting uh, format in that regard. So, uh, we'll see what takes place in the next few it's days. Not, and he's been earning money the last five years. Oh, yes. It's not like he oh, shouldn't yes. have a little something in the yeah, bank. Let's hopefully he's been putting it away, at least some of it. So, If uh, I were him... Over this past year, I would have been very careful with my money. <laughs> very true, very true. So, but he's practicing up in Cleveland. Uh, you know, we're aware of Cleveland holds their workouts uh, here in the beautiful uh, northern Ohio. Somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, uh, 
Let, let's go ahead and take our uh, next break, too. You're listening to uh, Bayou Sports here on FM uh, 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Today in Sports History, August 4th, right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there this Thursday for Southern Jack Productions. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for sports. No bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. The best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer now just $2. Imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. And don't forget, Quarter Tavern now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Louisiana. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a Thursday, August the 4th, and, uh, of course, today in sports history. Back in 1929, the Cleveland Indians, now the Guardians, uh, trailing 6-5 to five in the ninth inning with two outs. They score an AL tying nine runs to beat the Yankees 14-6. to six. Score, Scored nine runs with two outs in the, in the ninth inning. Conversely, uh 2017, the year after the Cubs beat the Indians in the World Series, they were down nine to nothing in the ninth and scored ten runs and won the game well, against Cleveland. Uh, and you went on to think, and the Cubs did uh, go to the National League Championship Series that year, lost to the Dodgers. But uh, again, um, it was—I'll just never forget. I was just nudging people. Look, they keep doing it. They're going to come back. Oh yes, oh yes. Anyway, in 1934, Giants outfielder, of course, Gretna native Mel Ott becomes the first player in Major League history to score six runs in a game as the uh, the Mets, as the Giants beat the Phillies 21-4. to In 1936, Jesse Owens wins his second gold medal at the Berlin Olympics and beats uh, German Lutz along in the long jump final with an Olympic record. So, uh... Uh, Jesse Owens uh, goes on to win two more. We'll probably have another one tomorrow, yeah. whether it be in the 220 uh, or the 200 meters or the 4x100. Or in 1941, uh, Brooklyn Dodger catcher Mickey Owens becomes the first major league player to take three pop-up fouls in one inning in the third inning and 11-6 win over the Giants. Of course, uh, Mickey Owens uh, later on that year in the World Series let that third strike get by him as uh, uh, Tommy, uh, Tommy uh, Henrich goes on to first base. He comes back around to beat the Dodgers 4-3 to and take a 3-2 to league, and the Yankees win the World Series in six games in 41. Elsewhere, uh, a little bit for Theodore here, 1945 golfer Byron Nelson wins the Canadian Open at Uplands at the Thornhill Country Club for a record 11th consecutive PGA victory on his way to a record uh, season tally of 
18 PGA uh, events he won that year. Just unprecedented. You'll never see that ever again with too many good golfers in golf. Anyway, in 1945, uh, also writes uh, Red Sox outfielder Tom McBride drives in a major league record tying six runs in an inning, the fourth inning, in a 15-4 win over Washington. Of course, that record was broken back in uh, 2000. Uh, 1999, I should say, is uh, Fernando Tatis of the Cardinals hit two grand slams in one inning. It's mm. against the Dodgers in the third inning. To bat twice in an inning is rare. Of course, when you keep loading the bases, it becomes less rare. But uh, to bat with the bases loaded twice uh, is even rarer. And to then hit the two home runs, <laughs> the same I mean, inning. Uh, that is uh, amazing. Yeah, Tatis holds that record now. Uh, with eight runs in one inning. In 1947, American boxer Ike Williams knocks out Bob Montgomery in the six rounds in Philadelphia to unify the world lightweight title. In 1953, New York Yankees' Vic Rashi sets a major league record for a pitcher driving in seven runs in a 15-0 win over Detroit. I believe the record's held by Tony Cloninger back in 64, 66. Is he, he the hit, one who... Uh, he hit the two grand around? slams, yeah. No, he's the one that hit the two grand slams from the Braves. And uh, also he drove in nine runs for a pitcher in that game, which is the record all-time set. He hit two home runs, not in the same inning in the game as the Braves uh, knock off uh, who they beat that particular day. I can't recall, but uh, he drove in uh, nine that day. Elsewhere in 1961, Jeff, the 28th NFL Chicago College All-Star Game, the Eagles, uh, of course, the, the year before, they beat the Packers, the only playoff game uh, Vince Lombardi ever lost. They beat the All-Stars 28-14 in front of 66,000 at Soldier Field, and uh, that was in 61. In 67, they played it again, the 34th game, as the Green Bay Packers beat the All-Stars 27 nothing with 70, almost 71,000 at Soldier Field that day in 67. In 1980, seven-time uh, All-Star Murray Wills becomes only the third black manager in Major League history when Darrell Johnson is fired by the Seattle Mariners after a nine-game losing streak. Of course, Frank Robinson being the initial uh, uh, African-American uh, manager, followed by Larry Doby who was a manager also in between that time. He was the second. White Sox. That's so. right. In 82, outfielder Joe Youngbud becomes the only major league player, and this is my answer to yesterday's question. He gets two hits for two different teams in two different cities on the same day. He singles for the Mets in Chicago in a day game. He's traded, then singles for the Expos in Philadelphia in the night game. Amazing that he could. I wonder if they had his name on the back of his, uh, his jersey. Yeah, they didn't always wear names on the back uh, in those days, but... You know, players have, I believe then, they do now, 72 hours to report to the new team after they've been traded. The fact that he was so motivated to get on a plane immediately and uh, get out to Philadelphia, that was uh, fantastic. That's right. So uh, from Chicago to Philadelphia, that's a a 90-minute flight at At, least. At least, at least. Anyway, in 84, American athlete Carl Lewis wins 100 meters in 9-9. In Los Angeles, his first of his nine Olympic gold medals over three games. Of course, uh, 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 Bolt uh, holds the record. You say Bolt holds the record. I think he ran a 9.5800 meters, which is the all-time record he did a few years ago. 1985, the Yankees retired Baseball Hall of Fame shortstop. Phil Risotto is number 10, the scooter. Of course, uh, did a lot of broadcasting at games for the Yankees oh, back in the cow. day. Yeah, that's right. He and Mel Allen there, were there, a pair. There is always that question, who t- termed holy cow first? Rizzuto or Harry Carey? You're right. You're right about that. Well, Harry's a, uh, could be, it might be, it is yeah. a homer. I'll never forget the Seinfeld episode where uh, the Yankees, when George uh, was working for the Yankees and they were giving away this uh, little Phil Rizzuto, you squeeze it and he says, holy cow, this little you know keychain or whatever it was. George loses it, uh, it ends up uh, that it went into a pothole that was then filled by the New York Public Works Department with some asphalt, and every time a car would drive over that patched uh, pothole, you'd hear, holy cow! (laughs) Anyway, on this day, two big happenings in Major League Baseball in 1985. Tom Seaver of the White Sox becomes the 17th pitcher to win 300 Major League games, uh, beating New York, the Yankees, that is, 4-1. Saw that game? Not not in person, but I remember... After our soft, we used to play softball Sunday afternoons, and 
usually go to a buddy's house uh, afterward, have a couple of libations, and uh, that game was on. Probably saw the last four or five innings of that game. And that was in Yankee Stadium. Uh, also in 85, future Hall of Famer Rod Carew of the Angels singles off of Frank Viola to collect his Major League 3,000 hits. So Seaver wins 300. Carew hits his 3,000s, and a uh, big day of Major League Baseball. Elsewhere in 96, Jim Bunning, Earl Weaver, Bill Foster of the Old Negro Leagues, a lefty, and Ned Hanlon, who is known as the fa- father of modern baseball. They're, ma- they're inducted into the Baseball's Hall of Fame. Of course, uh, Hanlon uh, was involved from 1876 to 1914, as they say, the father of uh, Major League Baseball. In 2005, Hall of Fame jockey Pat Day at 52 announces his retirement from the saddle. Career earnings, $298 million as a jockey. I tell you, I saw him so often at Arlington Park. And, you know, whether it was triple crowns or whatever the case, Pat Day, if I couldn't pick a horse, you know, if I, I didn't have a conviction with a particular horse, I'd go to Pat Day. And more often than not, I'd, I'd win that. Yeah, $298 million. Of course, I never put serious money on it. Sure. In 2007, Barry Bonds' home was off Clay Hensley in the second inning in San Diego to tie Henry Aaron's 33-year-old Major League Baseball career home run at 7.55. Elsewhere in 2012, the U.S. takes the 4 by 100 medley relay double at London Olympics. Michael Phelps collects his 18th gold medal, Olympic gold. He ended up with 23 and 5 Olympics. Birthdays today, 1898, Ernesto Maserati, the Italian auto racer. And director, uh, no telling he's Bologna, Bologna, Italy, born in that day. 1921, Jeff, one of your heroes there, Canadian hockey star, Maurice the Rocket Richard, mm. uh, the Montreal Canadiens, born in Montreal, Quebec today. 42, Cleon Jones, the guy that caught the final out to the Miracle Mets in 69, born in Mobile, Alabama. John Riggins, the diesel, NFL running back for the Jets and Redskins, born on this day back in 49. And in 62, Roger Clements, Major League Baseball pitcher with the Red Sox, Blue Jays, seven Cy Young Awards, uh, born in Dayton, Ohio. And one uh, notability on this date, uh, uh, a passing uh, in 2021 last year at this time, J.R. Richard. You know, the baseball mm. pitcher from Ruston, Louisiana, Major League All-Star, the NRA leader in the NL uh, one year, and National League strikeout leader twice in Houston. He, Astros dies at 71. Terrible life, too. At one time, he was living under the uh, overpasses, I think, in uh, Houston somewhere. Just a sad tr- day for uh, J.R. Richard, fine athlete. Anyway, the quote of the day, John Wooden, uh, always uh, interesting his quotes. He said, uh, be more concerned with your character than your reputation because your character is what you really are while your reputation is merely what others think of you. Quote by John Wooden. Anyway, D- uh, Jeff, that wraps it up for uh, uh, today in sports history, August the 4th here. we got uh, Lee K coming on with uh, the Breakfast Club momentarily. Anything, final thoughts? No, just, um, uh, and I'm going to talk about it during Tesh Matters. Brittany Griner apparently facing nine and a half years in jail. Um, There's a lot of suggestion that she'll get out of it uh, in some kind of prisoner swap. But, again, uh, hit on that more during Tesh Matters and uh, other things. But, uh, tomorrow, Cane Fishing and Hunting Show That's kicks right. it off. That's right, kicks it off at a little after 7, and uh, and with uh, Bayou Sports coming on at 7.45. All right. Big thanks to Bayou Sports sponsors, the Headache and Pain Center, Schwing Insurance, Cane Row, Golf and Turf Club, the Quarter Tavern, and by the way, if you're looking for a good place to watch football and other sports, 18 TVs over there, all UL and LSU games, uh, as well as uh, NFL games, Sunday ticket over there, a good place to watch football tonight. Las Vegas and the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars uh, are show also brought to you by L.A. Classic Roofing. News brought to us by David Funeral Homes and then Lee Kane, the Breakfast Club. You're at Kane 107.5. You're listening to KANE 1240 AM and K298CQ 107.5 FM, New Iberia. The voice of the Tash. K-A-N-E.